aliens and flying saucers. This is all an illusion. Hey, what's up? Welcome to the 24th episode of Two Riders Sling and Yang. My name is Jeff Perlman. I'm a former Sports Illustrated senior writer, former ESPN columnist, author of multiple New York Times bestsellers, and a columnist for The Athletic. Music you're listening to is Croissant Master by the killer MC White Owl. And this podcast is an ode to writing in all its forms, from journalism to songwriting to screenwriting to novels to romance to whatever genre enters my head. And today's guest on a bonus episode is Catherine Perlman, author of a new book, Ignore It. And before you get all, ugh, this guy just jumped the shark and is featuring his wife. Hear me out. Catherine is a social worker who had a book published by a major publishing house without my help. She secured a book deal without my help. She wrote it without my help, except for an edit. She did what tons and tons and tons of aspiring writers want to do, which is she wrote a book and had it published, and it's now in bookstores all across the country. And I know her story, and I know how she did it, and I've always thought, man, this is some helpful stuff. So I figure, why not use this medium and put it out there? So let's hear how this happened right now on Two Writers Sling and Yang. Okay, so Catherine, we are married, correct? Yeah, as far as I know. Which makes this a almost like a special, like a very special Brady Christmas. This is a very special Two Writers Slinging Yang episode where we're driving the car together. But I think it's interesting because you got a book deal. So you're a social worker. You have a syndicated column that you were writing every week. And you decided you wanted to write a book. But you had, I had nothing to do with you getting a book deal. You had nothing, you didn't go through my agent. You didn't even ask me to get you an agent. Um, I didn't write your book. I mean, I read your book and did edits, but like, so how did you get a book deal? Well, I had an idea. I mean, I had wanted to write a book for a long time, and, um, but it just didn't really have the book. And then I finally had an idea, and I was like, that's it, that's my book. That's what I'm gonna do. So I wrote a column. And uh, just put it on HuffPost to see how it did. Just wait, wait, wait. You're being way too broad. What do you mean? Um, like you had an idea, meaning what? what was I had your... an idea for a book. That, and what like, was the idea? It was ignore it. It was like, I, so I work as a social worker. I've been um, making home visits for like 10 years. And there was like one piece of advice I was giving to every parent, no matter why they called me in. And that was to ignore it. So like for a lot of bad behavior, parents were just reinforcing the behavior. And it was continuing and getting worse. But if they ignored it, it would go away because kids would, it wouldn't be effective and kids would stop doing and it. And you thought this is a good idea for a book? This is a good idea for a book. It's okay. like universal. I know it works. I've been doing it. I have lots of examples. So. But how do you know it would be a good book as opposed to just an article, like a long article? Well, I probably hadn't thought out the whole book and how <laughs> it would be a whole book sure. at that time. But the thing is, I knew working with parents that, um, I knew what parents were asking. I knew what they needed. So I knew... Um, it was going to be relevant, you know? Right. So, um... Right, so you have an idea. So I have an idea, and because I'm a nobody without a writing career, I knew I needed to show that this was going to be a viable idea. You're a somebody. I'm a somebody to you, but not to an editor, like, in a publishing house. Okay. So then, um, I wrote a column about Ignore It, and I put it on HuffPost. For free? Yeah, just... Got paid nothing? Right. Okay. And so, um... I put it up, I shared it, and it got a great reaction. Did you put it up with the idea, I'm gonna see how this does, and whether this can be a book based on some sort of reaction to it? Yeah, meaning, well, 
I, I was I was committed to the book, but I knew I couldn't sell the book if I couldn't show that this was a good idea. Okay. You know, like I know in my heart it was a good idea, but you know the editor's not in my heart. Like so, I, I needed to show from the outside. Okay. Um. So I was able to get a lot of comments that I could capture from that article, and also. What do you mean comments on like below the article? Exactly. Well, why do you need to capture them to show publishers? Yes. Okay. And also, I could capture the metrics, so how many times it was shared and liked. It's like, you know, you think it doesn't matter, but it actually does really matter to show that there is an audience that would buy this book. So, um, Because you've never written and you're not known as a writer, therefore, you need more than just... You felt like you needed more than just, I have a great idea. Yeah, I definitely need more than I have a great idea. Because I can have a great idea and no one wants to buy it. And if, if nobody bought it, I would have probably still self-published and done it myself. Uh -huh. But I wanted to go the traditional route and I wanted to have a book, you know, in Barnes & Noble. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> after that, I knew I needed to write a book proposal. Okay. So, um, I did. How do you even know how to write a book proposal? I mean, you've read some of mine, but I don't feel like yours, that. Yeah, yours, I did read yours, but I felt like yours was just like a rough guideline because your stuff was very different and you're an established writer. So, I did a lot of research. Did you say superstar or established? <laughs> I meant superstar, <laughs> but I did say established. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> Definitely. Right. In our house, superstar. Wait, I want to make the point. This is important. I really want to make this. Because I think it's an important thing here. I'm having you do this because there was like zero, I have to emphasize this, zero nepotism involved here. I did not get you anything. You deliberately almost didn't like, it had, me being a writer had nothing to do with you getting a book done. Now you can say we've worked on writing over the years and blah, 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 but like, this was you. This was all 100% you. And I think that's an important point to make here because it is possible for people to get book deals if they bust their ass and kind of go after it. Well, that was really what my main purpose is, is that if I can do it, anybody can do it. Right. You know, if, if you decide you want to be a writer and you decide you have a great idea for a book and you can back it up, like, you can do it too. Because if I, there's nothing special about me. I was just very determined. Um, and I worked really hard and anybody can do that. Okay, so you write the article, it does well. It does well. Right. And so I um, wrote the proposal. How'd you know how to do it? So I did look online, I did a lot of research, I looked in the bookstore, you know, uh, books about writing book proposals and things like that. Um, and so over time you kind of see all the sections that need to be there. And so... Wait, so what do you consider the keys to a decent book proposal? Well, obviously you have to think out your chapters, so that was actually probably one of the harder parts um, to just, okay, so I have this concept, how is that actually a whole book? Okay. So I had to make it a whole book, and then um, what they really see, after they like your idea, they want to know that you're going to be able to sell this book. So right. building up your platform, um, who knows you, how do they know you, um, how wait, are you wait, going wait, to be but, able to sell this book? But I'm interested, like how many pages was your proposal? I think it was like... 70, something like that. Whoa, you are a 70 page proposal? I don't even remember this. 70 pages? I think so. So it included a chapter. Oh, so it included, it ended up, it included one chapter in the end, it included two chapters because after I got an agent, they said you really need two chapters. Right, so you had two chapters. So that's a difference. I would say that is a difference between being a more established writer. Yeah. And first off, like I've never, I don't think I've ever had a chapter in my proposal. And yeah. I think that comes with. No, I think chapter. you have chapter summaries maybe. Yeah, I'll, I'll do like what the chapters are going to be, yeah. and that's about it. Yeah, right. Yeah. So you need it. So your your proposal included two chapters. What other sections about what? The chapter outline, and then um, my platform. So like my social media platform, like how many 
uh, followers I have. And actually, when I started thinking about the book, I had, I think, like 325 followers on Facebook. Yeah. And I right. thought, oh, crap. Um, so I worked really hard on building my platform in a variety of ways. Over the year, I was working on, you know, the idea. Wait, I just want to say, because this is important, you and I have spent many hours building on the up. couch uh, with some TV show on building our social media platform. Yes. It's no joke. Like, there's a, uh, what was that program called? Tweepy? Yeah. Where you kind of can add people and subtract people. I mean, I personally, if you look at my Twitter account, it's embarrassing, but you do what you got to do. I follow an absolute shit ton of people. Oh, you hate that phrase. Shitload of people. Um, because I will follow people. If I'm writing a book about the Lakers, just as an example, I'll go to Magic Johnson's Twitter account, follow the people following Magic Johnson, hoping they'll follow me back. Right, but that's smart because that's your audience. You know, just following random people just is... Right. A waste of time. But I mean, you're following people who could conceivably be interested in what you have to say. They just don't know about you. But I feel like it doesn't make you look cool. You know, like I'm you not look, cool. neither am I, but right. you look at people like Taylor Swift or Kobe Bryant or Demi Lovato or who are Justin Bieber and they're following 20 people and they have 5.3 million. I yeah, have but, about, but when they started, yeah. they were following people too. You know what I'm saying? Maybe. Like, well, <laughs> right. So you, a big part of this was basically you saying, being able to say on your proposal, I have this social media platform and these people I can sell books to. Right. And also about my, at the same time, I got the syndicated column, the Dear Family Coach column. So like I could say, I'm in X number of newspapers and um, how many people come to my blog, which was very little. Right. Um, but still, you know, you've got to build yourself up so it looks like. You got something. You have something and people, and I worked a lot that year on actually building up the platform, not on the actual proposal, but taking the time to build up the platform. Yeah. Um, it's really important. It's like really important. I think one of the most important things, because I think nowadays, um, you know, books don't sell necessarily as simply and easy. There's so much competition for reading material. And books don't sell as much. That's period. what I'm saying. Books yeah. don't sell as much. There's so much competition for reading. So I think that uh, publishers now, even more than ever, need you to say, here's what I am going to do. Here's who I know who can help me sell the book. So like what influencers do you know who are willing to blurb your book or are willing to um, put you on their podcast? Uh, all of that stuff needs to be in your proposal, in your proposal. And some of it doesn't have to be locked down. It could be, you know, here are some ideas and I know a friend of a friend kind of thing. Or like an example, like you appeared a couple of times as a social worker on the Today Show. Yeah. So in your proposal, you would mention, it doesn't mean I can guarantee I will Parenting get on the Today Show. expert on the Today Show, right. yeah. Right. Exactly. Right. And, and so, in the end, I did put it in the proposal and I didn't get on the Today Show. Right. But it, it doesn't matter. Right. You weren't lying. No. Right. It was, I was at, on, honestly going to try to get on. It just didn't work out. All right. So you write this proposal and did you have, oh, you didn't, did you have an agent at this point? No. All right. So how'd that happen? So I spent a lot of time in the bookstore and on the internet finding the names and emails of agents who do parenting books. Wait, didn't you literally look in, in the acknowledgments the... of parenting pa books? See, that's a genius idea to yeah. find who they thanked as their agent. Yeah. And how do you find your agent? Oh, so then I had a long list of people and I spent like maybe two days emailing 50 agents. I just one after the other sent an individual email and you don't send your proposal, you just send a query, like, an, you know, just a short email with a paragraph about you, a paragraph about your book, and if they'd like to know more, they'll ask for your proposal. So I did that for 50, and then... You sent out 50 emails? 50 emails. Okay, how many did you hear back from? I would say about half, 
Some of that half were no thank you. Um, Some were sure send the proposal. So I sent the proposal and from that I had maybe five that I had conversations with and it came down to two or three. How'd you pick an agent? So it's kind of a funny story. I, I, I spoke to an agent and honestly I was so nervous and it was more about, I felt like them interviewing me than me interviewing them. I was just so grateful. And then I spoke to another one and it just, I felt much more relaxed and um, I felt like I had a vibe. She had a young child, so I felt like she really understood my book. And so I went with her and then all excited, we're working on the extra chapter and finishing up, you know, edits on the proposal and she retired. <laughs> so then at the age of like 35, right? Yeah, she went to, you know, be a full you know, a parent and she started a business from home, uh, editing. Yeah. And so, um, you know, no hard feelings. I totally and completely understood. Were you upset? Yes, because now I had to go back to the one I didn't go with uh-huh. and say, Hi, I love you. I'm Hi. so sorry I picked somebody else, but I'm actually still interested yeah. if you are. And she was very gracious and she was able to, um, take me back. It's all business. Um, yeah, I'll say also, cause some people don't know this, like it ha it's, it's sort of a flawed system, but in publishing, it is important to have an agent. Um, and it also sucks to have an agent because an agent takes 15% generally, sometimes 10, but the good ones take 15 years took 15, right? Yeah. So, um, just coming from a sports comparison, like, uh, Mike Trout's agent is going to take probably 2% of his earnings, of his contract. He negotiated, but Mike Trout is making $25 million yeah, exactly. a year. Yeah, we're not. All right, so you, you have an agent and you're happy with her, right? Yeah, she's great. We, we again, do a couple of last edits on the proposal, um, get it in shape. I have the two chapters written now and I've been slowly building my platform. And then I also was trying to write more articles to get more press so I could, you know, continue to build. And so I was... Well, was that more to build or to be able to show publishers, look at all this? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, same idea. Okay. Um, So I was writing, writing, writing. I mean, often I write and nobody reads anything. And I was lucky enough to have one thing that hit kind of big at that that? time. Um, I think it was on HuffPost or my blog. It was how I don't care where our kids go to college. Oh, yeah, which we don't. Right, and it probably took me 30 minutes to write. It was like so from the heart, I totally felt it, and um, it just resonated with a lot of people, which was really, really lucky because it was exactly at the time where we were sending things out to editors and before we had negotiated a deal, and it was really good to see, you know, that I could get a lot of interest. Right, so um, your agent, you have this proposal, you have this agent, you built up your platform, your agent sends out your proposal, your expectations are what? Um, that I get a book deal for like almost no money and I do it because I'm so excited and then I try and sell it really hard. And you would have been okay with that? Yeah, thrilled. Okay, so what happened? So my agent ended up getting three publishers that were interested and so they were gonna do their best offer. And then one I think kind of dropped out. One I spoke to on the, I spoke to them both on the, the other two on the phone and one, um, didn't like the title. She said we would probably have to change the title. Which the title was, of the book is Ignore It. Ignore It, which was, to me, the whole plot, the whole book was right. Ignore It. Like that, the title was not irrelevant. It was actually the most important thing in my proposal. It'd be like if, um, remember that woman, Susan Powder, Stop the Insanity? Yeah. And that became like a catchphrase for her for years. Yeah. It'd be like, I have this book, Stop the Insanity. And they're like, well, why don't we call it 
living on the edge. Yeah. Right. And the, the sample chapter I wrote was using the method ignore it. And it was like, I must have said ignore it a million times in the sample chapter. Like, it, I could not have right. changed it. It's also it's a good title. It, it, to me, it was perfect, but yeah. they said it was. It had a negative connotation in their experience. Books with a negative connotation in the title don't sell well. Whatever. I'm sure she was had experience, and that's what she was speaking from. But I was kind of heartbroken. But of course, if she was the only publisher that was interested, I would have gone with her. And she said I wouldn't have had um, say in the title. Like it would have really been their decision. Interesting. So um, it comes to the day where they make their bo their best offers. The woman who didn't like my title made a very small, <coughs> small offer. And then the other one made probably like eight times that offer. Interesting. And I was like, the small one was a the small one was really, it was a four digit. I mean, it was really small. Yeah, it was four digits, and it was a small four digits. And you would have taken it happily <laughs> <laughs> if that was the only one. I would have taken it, but I was a little bit sick about the changing of the title. But I probably sure. wouldn't have had the strength to be like, you know what, this isn't my publisher. Right. Um, I probably would have gone through it. Now, having been through it, I might, I might be different. But as a first time, I probably would have gone with it. So um, then, when I remember when the agent said the number, I kept repeating it. I was like. There's no way I'm hearing what she's saying. Like, you mean the low one or the high one? The high one. Oh, so like, wait, no there were, did she tell you both at the same time? It wasn't like she told you the small one first and then called back a day later and was like, there's this other offer. I think she might have, not the day later, but it might have been the same day because I think they had a deadline. Mm -hmm. And it might have been a different call. Right. I'm not sure. But I remember I was in the bathroom. I had just come out of the shower and I was in my closet getting dressed and she, I, I felt like I did not hear what she said. I was right. like, there's no way I heard what you just said. Because she had already told me what the low one was, so right. I might, and my head a ballpark, it was not that much higher than the low one, so, right. um, yeah, anyway. Yeah, you definitely got a good deal. I got a great deal, right. I mean, I really did, and honestly, it turned out that the publisher was very supportive of my project, like I thought, well, I'm still a nobody in this big publisher, and, you know, I'm not going to get Tarcher. any attention. Tarcher, which is part of, yeah, Penguin Random House, Right. and um, I... I ended up getting terrific support. I got a great publicist. I had a great editor. I had a great experience. So um, I didn't feel like a nobody was great. And did you... Um, so then you start writing this book. And actually, it's interesting. You had two options. You could have written it in how many months and how many months? Six months or a year. So they, they asked me, what did I want for a deadline? It was totally my own decision. Mm -hmm. And in my head, I wanted six months because I was afraid someone else was going to write my book, which was ridiculous. But I still... Yeah, I get that. You get paranoid. Of course. And then um, I knew myself that more time was just going to be more time. I was afraid that that I was going to, too much time was going to go between writing times and it was just going to be harder to get into it and I was just going to drag. And plus, I don't work in the summer, so I knew I had a good chunk of time to work in the summer on this. So I wanted to do six months. Did anyone disagree with that decision? <laughs> you, as well. I thought you were crazy. I thought you were on crack. I really did. Yeah. I thought it was so stupid. And uh, I was wrong. Yeah, well, I mean, it turns out that I, I went with the six months, but it was a very hard decision because I really trusted your opinion. You've obviously done this many times, and I haven't, but I just right. felt like I knew how I was going to write this. And also, it wasn't like I was doing a lot of research for this book. I was writing about what I knew from my practice right. of being a social worker for 20 years. So You weren't going to interview Barry Bonds and every teammate. Right. No, I didn't have 500 interviews to do. I had to like dig in my own brain and think about my own clients and my experience. And so it was a different kind of book. So I ended up going with the six months. And you honestly, I knew you totally disagreed, but you didn't really put up. No. You, you didn't say, you didn't make me feel bad or, or make me self-doubt. You just kind of went with it. 
Um, and I handed in exactly on time six months later. So did you find the writing process? Good times? <laughs> did, you, did you enjoy it? I didn't enjoy it. No. It's so hard. Nobody I, enjoys I it. I will say, I'm sure every writer feels this way. I was so proud of myself. Every time I wrote a chapter, I, I, it was like an out-of-body experience. I would read it and I would say, I can't believe I wrote that. How many times did you hear me say that? Yeah, I, I, can't, I can't believe I wrote that. I, if I didn't write it myself, I wouldn't have believed I wrote it. It right. just, I couldn't believe it. But it was exhausting, mind-numbing to sit at that computer every single day and just write. I will say that I thought what was really interesting is... Um, so we have, since we've been married, I've written seven books, and this is your first book. So the tables were always, this was a complete turning of the tables, right? I'm always like, this sucks. This is, for when I'm writing a book, this yeah. is the worst. I'm never going to get this done. I hate this. <laughs> and you're just, you have to deal with this, you know, psycho freakoid who's uttering these things. And now you're the psycho freakoid, and I'm the guy reading the chapters. Well, I felt like from seeing you go through seven books, I know your process and pattern from the time you get the book deal until months after the book comes out, I know what to expect from you. Like, I know exactly how you're gonna feel when. I almost know exactly what you're gonna say when. <laughs> I mean, completely. And so now it's just, it's almost kind of funny. But to then go through some of that same cycle, yeah. was, it was, the tables were turned. It was, it was actually good for both of us, I think. Yeah, definitely. I thought instead of psycho, you are gonna say psychosis. No, but I will, also, you read your stuff, you're like, I don't know, is I don't think it's good. I was not like that. And I was pretty happy. beyond proud of myself. Not because I was cocky. I just was like, I can't believe I did this accomplishment. This is, this was a lot for me. It is really interesting. Like for you, it was like, um, it was like climbing a mountain and you climbed this mountain and you felt great about it. You know, like you felt great about it. And I feel like when I write books, it's like smoking an enormous amount of cigarettes and feeling like shit at the end of every day. And then at the end, when you're done being like, ah, oh, okay. And then... No, you don't go right here. We're driving, by the way. Um, and then, like, you just, like I never had that. I rarely get that feeling that you got. It was nice to see, actually, that feeling of, like, insane satisfaction and pride and joy that you got at the end of writing a book. And, like, yeah. here's the funny thing that I do like. So now your book is out, and it's been out for about two months, right? Two months? Three months, yeah. And, you know, it's like, my goal is just to write a book. My goal is just to write a book. How's it selling? How's it selling? Is it selling? You know, how's it selling? Like, it is like, it's like there's never, I'm just not sure if there's ever in book writing, like I think like Michael Lewis and Laura Hillebrand and Stephen King are like, wait, I only sold five million? Why? I thought I was going to sell six million. You know, like you're always, Yeah. do you know what I mean? Yes. I mean, honestly, you spend a lot of time on this project, you know, for me, by the you know just from the time I wrote the article till the time the book came out was a couple of years you mm -hmm. know and it it's a big part of your life and so you want someone to care and to read it like it would be a, a rare person who didn't care they just cared about the art of it right. and they didn't care how it was received or that anyone received it at all I mean that's the main thing you just want someone to notice it that you did this work and that, and for me that my book helped somebody like I want my book to it's you know it's a, a parenting book so I want it to actually help somebody with their parenting I interviewed someone who was it recently who was like I don't care how many books I sell and I was like you're so full of shit yeah. give me a break well also really? the truth of the matter is it directly relates to how you're going to sell your next book so if you actually want to be a writer and you want to write books how this book does is going to be how your next your um 
your next book deal is. Well, let me ask you this final question. Do you now feel like a writer? I'm starting to feel like a writer. I would never say I'm a writer, mm -hmm. but I'm starting to feel like a writer only because it's a lot easier to write, I think. And because I have you mean it's become easier in your life to write. It's a million times, just from the process of doing the column twice a week and writing a book, I just have had so much more practice. Mm -hmm. And I have also much more work material. I actually feel like I have written a ton of stuff. Yeah, and also you've inspired me to think that I can be a social worker. Good luck <laughs> to us uh, all. Yeah, well, I just want to say, for, um, this was a total spur of the moment. We're driving to Laguna Beach chat, and uh, I am very proud of you. Thank you, Earl. And uh, you've done good work. It's a great book. And uh, I just, what I love the most, being sincere, is like, I love that you like went after it on your own. And like, it was totally like this thing and you were determined and you wanted it and a million people say they want to write a book right a million people say they want to write a book um but it takes like doggedness you know and you kind of you just went after it and you did it now you have a book sitting there in barnes and noble i want to thank today's guest the lovely and loving Catherine perlman for joining me on two writers sling and yang you can follow Catherine on twitter at the family coach one can listen to two writers sling and yang on both itunes and on bumpers fm Reviews are always appreciated. They really are. Music, again, is from the great MC White Owl. Thanks so much for joining me. And remember, keep writing.